0: You are now tuned to the Priority One subspace frequency, brought to you by Sayulita.com. Sayulita, the galaxy's premier
1: shore lead destination.
2: Command codes verified. Priority
3: One message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel.
1: Episode 112 of Priority One, recorded on Thursday, January 24th, 2013 via trekradio.net and published the following Monday morning for download on PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Adrian.
2: I'm Elijah. And I'm Sargon. Hey, Sargon, thank you for uh, filling in for James this week. James is still on vacation, and with us today is Sargon, one of the brain children of the PvP boot camp and also a frequent contributor to the Priority One News Network. Thanks for joining us this week. I am glad to be here.
1: Yeah, thank you. It's good to have you. It's good to have you, (laughs) laddy. All right,
2: before before I
1: totally destroy things, what do we have this week, (laughs) Alexa?
2: In this episode's Trek It Out, we talk about something epic coming to Broadway. In Stone News, we'll review what's been happening in the last week, including the new Dominion lockbox release. We've also got some more field notes to improve your overall gameplay. Towards the end of the show, we'll open up hailing frequencies and review your incoming messages.
0: Captains, you can always participate with us during our live recording on trekradio.net. Every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. PST, Pacific Standard Time, feel free to interact with us using Trek Radio's built-in IRC chat client. Just visit trekradio.net and look under their community section.
1: If you have an article written and want your voice heard throughout the Star Trek community, then send your submission to incoming at priorityonepodcast.com. All the submissions we receive for our show will be entered into this month's random drawing for 1,000 zen. This includes comments on our website and emailed segment topics. So anything goes, shoot stuff to us. Well, not anything, but everything. Yeah.
2: We've renamed the segment Blank of the Week to Trek It Out. We thought it made sense to incorporate a bite-sized version of our longer spin-off show during our weekly Priority One podcast, but the content will remain the same. Anything we think will interest you, or that you express interest in, from the latest scientific discoveries to news in the science fiction realm, including, of course, our beloved Star Trek.
0: Before we move on with the show, let's recap what's been going on at Priority One Network. We've got a new ranting redshirt article from Gen X that expresses his frustrations with the NPCs of Star Trek Online. Ceridium spotlights the awesome CBS sitcom The Big Bang Theory and how it's incorporated Trek into its geeky comedy. And last but certainly not least, our latest episode of Trek It Out was released with special guest Jason David Frank, best known for his role as Tommy Oliver in the Power Ranger franchise. So be sure to visit PriorityOnePodcast.com for unlimited access to all of this incredible content.
1: Let's set a course for this episode's Trek It Out.
2: Places, I places don't know. Let's Trek It Out. So this week, we Trek out some recent news. And by recent, I mean this just came out in the last few hours. It turns out that Ian McKellen and Sir Patrick Stewart, both Sirs, right? They're both Sir Ian McKellen yep. and Sir yep, Patrick yep. Stewart will star in No Man's Land and Waiting for Godot in rep on Broadway. So what does this mean? Well, not there hasn't been a date announced yet. The theater hasn't been announced yet. Any additional casting still has not been announced. But what we do know for sure is that Ian McKellen and Sir Patrick Stewart will return to Broadway this fall in 2013 in a limited engagement of Harold Pinter's No Man's Land and Samuel Beckett's Waiting for Godot, directed by Sean Mathias. I can not, I've already set my Google alerts so that I know when tickets go on sale so that I can get there and watch <laughs> this because I am dying to catch both of them on stage. I missed them when you did Macbeth in Brooklyn and I've seen the Netflix adaptation of it yeah. and that was great so I can only imagine how phenomenal the stage production was. So I am really, really looking forward to this and a lot of my theater friends have already been blasting it all over Facebook. I can't wait. I can't wait. So if anybody's going to be in New York City once this is announced, we can try to make it, maybe do a, a little event of it and catch sir ian mckellen and sir patrick stewart in this repertory production it's really cool they say that
1: they prefer to work with groups people that they know they said you know new people are always it's fun it's exciting but there's something really comfortable and and also lends to more interactive surprises i think is if i'm quoting him right when patrick stewart was talking about how he just loves working with people that he knows in a smaller group coming back to the repertory the theater like the royal shakespeare theater and all the places that he's worked he just really likes coming back to it there's just something really comfortable for him so it would be really interesting to see him in his original environment and the original challenges that he trained in because if anyone's ever done theater it they're all very different you know repertory theater yeah. feels very different from community theater and very different from high school and college theater it's cool i would love to see it i wish i was over there
2: I've seen Waiting for Godot in the most recent Broadway adaptation of it. I saw it with Nathan Lane, and it was fantastic. I mean, I really, really enjoyed it, and I cannot wait to see it again with Sir Patrick Stewart and uh, Sir Ian McKellen. It's a great play for those of you that uh, aren't aware of it. It's really about these two guys waiting for Godot. But it's much deeper. It's much more philosophical. I encourage you to read the play yourself. And if you can, catch it on Broadway later this fall in 2013. I will most certainly do my best to be there.
1: All right. Well, keep your eyes on PriorityOnePodcast.com. We've got a number of phenomenal guests on our show, Trek It Out, for your listening enjoyment. On Wednesday, January 23rd, Episode 8 of Trek It Out was released with Jason David Frank, the original Green Ranger from the Power Rangers series. On January 30th, you can tune in to our interview with Richard Hatch of Battlestar Galactica, both the original and remake iterations. Woohoo!
2: If you didn't check out my interview with the Green Ranger, I encourage you to do so. The guy is a phenomenal, phenomenal person. He's got so much dedication Mm. to his fans. Even if you weren't a Power Ranger fan, he's a great person to listen to. He's got so much enthusiasm, so much energy. It makes you wish you were a Power Ranger fan, really. (laughs) Discovered something in subspace chatter
0: you think the rest of our listeners would enjoy hearing about? Maybe there's some new amazing technology that's been created. A new discovery in space? Send them over to us to incoming at priority1podcast.com and you'll be submitted for a random drawing for 1,000 zen. Whoa, that is awesome.
3: Zen,
0: zen, zen, zen. zen. (laughs) Let's check out what happened in Stowe News. Computer,
1: status report status incoming message i'm only in the mood for good news today all right first up in stone news we are covering the q xp weekend since this episode is published on monday hopefully you had learned about the double xp expertise and took advantage of it this past weekend the weekend of january 25th captains had the chance to visit q on Earth's space dock or konos to receive a boost that will double your XP or expertise wards. For those of us at max level, most of the expertise has gone into the reputation system, so this should have helped replenish that pool for most players. Besides, they've hinted at future rep systems being introduced, and, of course, the level cap increased, so it's definitely worth having a surplus of these points.
2: I agree. I think it's good to have in the pool for future Mm -hmm. events and future little tasks that we're going to have to do. Good times all around.
0: Yeah, I'm leveling an engineer right now, and so I will be very happy to have some
2: extra XP. This is definitely awesome for alts, too, for those people that have a tune that they've wanted to level up but haven't had the opportunity to yeah. you know, really plow through it. So good luck to you all. I hope you had the opportunity of taking advantage of it, and have fun.
0: Next up in Stowe News, the guest blog on role-playing. Last week, Admiral Varzek of the Trust Fleet was on the show, and he spoke to us about the publication of their Stowe guest blog on role-playing. In the article, he discusses the various aspects of RP, ranging from small talk in Club 47 to a full operational situation, complete with villains to defeat and obstacles to overcome with your crew. Also remember that the Trust will be hosting an in-game role-play roundtable discussion with community manager Brand Flakes on Saturday, February 2nd. According to the post, there will be two roundtable time slots, one at 11 a.m. PST, which is 8 p.m. CET, and another at 5 p.m. PST, which is 8 p.m. EST, both of which are going to be held on the lovely planet Riza.
2: Nice, nice. It was fun interviewing Varzak of the Trust because he had played The Matrix Online like I did. And one of the highlights of The Matrix Online, although it was a very buggy game, it was incomplete, it had changed hands a number of times, one of the highlights was their live events team. And what this was, was a team of developers or uh, who knows, maybe interns, that would log into the game and play the characters from the movie. So for instance, they would go in and play Morpheus, they would go in and play the Merovingian. There would be these live events happening on the server, in the game, in some area, and these iconic characters would be a part of it. Of the things that they could possibly take from the Matrix Online, which aren't very many, if there was one thing that I wish Cryptic would take, is that, that live events team. You know, not just have these red alerts where an invasion of Borg are, is happening, but have the Enterprise to open. Captain Sean is a cryptic character, and so they should have the ability, I would think, I don't know what the logistics are, but I would imagine that since they created him, they should have the ability to use him in that sort of aspect. I'm sure Brandon or another developer would love to don the character of Captain Sean of the Enterprise (laughs) F. So, why not? You know, why not do these awesome little events? That would generate so much buzz throughout the Star Trek community. It'd be awesome. In our live chat, Tony had mentioned just now that Admiral Sean, the Enterprise, does swoop in during one of the new Romulan missions. But I'm not just talking about an NPC swooping in, I'm talking about there's a live event where we all have to team together and fight maybe they create a general for the klingons that they can role play with and they're talking in live in area chat in zone chat that we can read and experience maybe there's messages are popping up on our screen and they're human beings behind it you know not just npcs i would really love to see that
0: didn't dan Stahl go in as Morn one time on ds9
2: yeah but he was dan Stahl though you know like he wore the skin but he was doing a question and answer session so you know this is an idea maybe this is a potential ask cryptic question so dan stall if you're listening this is my ask cryptic question why don't you put together a live events team (laughs) that gets to role play with the players as iconic star trek characters either of old or of the ones that you've created where the devs and the community team can role play a little bit of those characters for the players i think that'd be really cool man i think that would generate so much buzz
0: that is such a cool idea it would bring such a dynamism to the game
2: Alright. Up next in Stone News we had season seven dev Blogs number thirty and thirty one revolving around the Dominion Lockbox. And joining us today to talk about the awesome merchandise that can be found is Dar Slugath. Welcome Yay! to the show, Dar Yay!
3: Thank you. It's been a while since I've been on. How is everybody?
2: I'm okay, so you've gotten uh Great. you've gotten your hands on some on some interesting equipment, haven't you, huh? Mm. I
3: have. That's nothing new. <laughs> oh, it seems a number of derelict dominion ships have been salvaged by Ferengi merchants and are now being sold at deep discounts. Oh, that's kind of an evil word. <laughs> Discount. Well, some of these ships available include the Jem'Hadar Heavy Escort Carrier, one of the hardiest and heavy-hitting escorts that have yet to be seen in Star Trek Online, according to the blog. Jem'Hadar Dreadnought Carrier, the first tactically focused Assault Carrier introduced with a double complement of Jem'Hadar fighters as hangar bay items. Additionally, the vessel is equipped with the Dominion Command Interface Console, which can analyze a target's weaknesses and broadcast that information to all nearby allies. So how's that? What do you think?
2: I You know, these ships seem a little powerful. I don't know if that I like the Ferengis having control over these <laughs> ships.
3: Well, the only problem I have is with the word discount, of course. I like to sell <laughs> things at full price.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, Darsaluga, thanks for sharing the information with us. I'm sure our Federation and Klingon friends will be out looking for these ships to purchase.
3: Absolutely. Is there anything else I can get you before I go? I have this wonderful tooth sharpener.
2: I actually, um, no, I'm good. (laughs) Sorry might want one of those, though. Yes, sorry might want...
3: I'm gonna go track him down. (laughs) See you!
2: Alright, additionally, another set of Mirror Universe vessels will also be making an appearance in the Dominion Lockbox. A Mirror Universe Advanced Escort with a science edge to it and a mirror universe patrol escort with a bit of an engineering edge to it. Those will be made available to Federation players, while KDF players will gain access to a mirror universe Vokuv carrier, my best pronunciation of that word. You also have the chance of scoring another cross-faction console, which includes a bionoral warhead torpedo launcher that Federation players can obtain, while members of the KDF can get their hands on a Nadion detonator console.
1: Now for those of you clamoring for more Delithium, there is the chance of obtaining a Delithium mining claim that will allow player to send a subspace hail to Isil, the proprietor of the Delithium asteroid mining event, and obtain a special daily mission. The mission allows access to a special rich Dilithium ore vein that upon completing the Delithium mining minigame once, will reward you up to 5,000 Dilithium ore with a minimum prize of 2,500. It's pretty good. Now there are a number of other little items in the box that you can obtain, all of which you can see described on the store website. So let's talk ships, shall we?
2: Yes, let's talk mm, ships. We've got a Gem Hadar let's heavy escort ships. carrier and a Gem Hadar <laughs> dreadnought carrier. So what do you think about these ships, Sargon?
0: Well, it seems, as I've listened to some of the chatter in chat, and especially in OPPP and and as I've watched the forums, the Heavy Escort Carrier seems to be really popular and seems to be sought after by quite a few people. I think the Bridge Officer layout seems pretty good, and just kind of the other features that they offer are good. The ship that I was most interested in personally was the Dreadnought Carrier, and I think... In terms of how it looks, it is really a gorgeous ship, and whoever did the, I don't know who did the artwork on it, you know, who actually created it visually, but whoever did do it, I thought it did a really, really nice job, and um, kudos to whoever that is. And I think that my only complaint, and, and I'm coming at it from the perspective of PvP, and this is what will probably keep me from buying the ship, is the bridge officer like I really was, was not very happy with the bridge officer layout. You know, carriers, it seems to me by their nature are, their support ships, their command ships, they should be able to be great team players. But in the current layout, the Dreadnought's ability to support both itself and others is really, really limited, it seems. So overall, I think it's beautifully, beautifully rendered. I'm just a little bit disappointed.
2: So do you think this will turn the tide a little bit for PvP matches? The carrier,
0: no, no. I, I think ultimately it will not. It, it probably won't be that heavily utilized. There may be some really creative people out there who can put something together with it, but I think by and large, it was designed for PVE players, and I think could really shine for sure. Hmm. It has. I mean, it has a really you know really low turn rate, which can be a problem, especially if you know, if it doesn't have uh, a lot of ability to keep itself alive. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it is funny. It has cannons, right, on a ship with a six point turn rate <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah that's not uh,
2: going can you just move in front of me please i just i can't hit you Can you just... i just i just want
1: to kill you make this easier can you just
2: right just... right in front of me please
1: do me a favor you know, used right timed right it's a beast so it's good it's a good shit i like the way that they're designed i haven't used them yet though but uh and the slow turn rates i guess just play it smart when you got a slow vessel like that and you should do fine
2: yeah, I don't see very many people loading this up with cannons, but the Dominion command <laughs> interface, that's that's pretty interesting. The ability to actually call yes. out the player's weakness for the, your team to target on. That's an interesting little added technology. Well, I think they look nice, they don't look like the bug, and that's one of the reasons why I don't fly the bug, because <laughs> it looks like a bug. It's an ugly ship, and although I'm not into carriers, these are indeed very beautiful ships, and the designs are fantastic. I agree with you there, and they are a powerful ship. Although, like we said, probably don't recommend anybody learning cannons on six degree per second turn radius. But uh, so keep an eye out for these. These are the latest in the Dominion lockbox.
1: Well, up next, just wanted to give a shout out to Star Trek Online for being featured in Star Trek magazine. That's awesome. It's a great magazine, and it's so exciting to see our very favorite game has made it in. And they make another appearance. This is not their first in the official uh, Star Trek magazine. And they get a nine-page spread this time featuring an original piece of Trek fiction and a behind-the-scenes look at creating new Romulus awesome so be sure to visit your local magazine retailer or you can download the digital copy that's really cool so yeah if anyone wanted to see the whole behind the scenes on the epic season seven grab one of these support star trek online and star trek magazine
2: all right well that wraps up this week in star trek online news you can catch all of these stories on the star trek online website at star trek why don't we go ahead and move into this episode's field note i'm sure there is an answer Well, i better get some facts. Not dealing the damage you think you should be? Having trouble figuring out the difference between phasers and anti-proton weapons? Well, have no fear, Captains. Priority One has put together a team of elite players that will help whip you into shape. PvP experts, ship testers, skill builders, you name it. We'll show you how to get the most from your Captain, their bridge officers, your ship, and its consoles. Today's topic of Field Notes is respecting your captain skills if you're just getting into the world of massively multiplayer online role-playing games or mmos then the notion of mathematics and the need for careful analysis of how to strategically build your character might be new to you although you're a level 50 vice admiral you may have never used a respect token before hopefully the priority one advanced technologies division and their field notes will help show you the true potential of your captain In episode 110, we introduced you to a handy tool called the Advanced Combat Tracker. This tool helps make sense of Stowe's combat log and translates it into graphs, charts, and other detailed analysis tools. If you've downloaded it and played around, you may have noticed that you aren't dealing as much damage as the rest of your team during an encounter. Perhaps you contribute the least, perhaps you miss your target a few too many times. Well, today we'll take a look at your captain skills and make sure you have a foundation for respecking. Joining me today, and for the rest of the episode, is Sargon, one of the creators of the PvP Bootcamp and frequent contributor to the Priority One News Network. Thanks again for filling in for James this week and for joining me in this episode's Field Notes. Hey, it's my pleasure. I'm really happy to be here. So let's start with the basics. What should players first consider before beginning a respec of their character? Well, yeah, let me just start and say that
0: some of you may be very familiar with some of these basic issues, but we're going to go over them again in case there are people who aren't familiar with them. And so what we're hoping to do is, like Elijah said earlier, just really give foundational type knowledge. So your question was, what should a player first consider before beginning to respec a character? And I think there are two questions that are helpful to ask when you're standing before your respec token. And the first one is uh, what is your career are you an ng are you a science or are you a tactical officer and then secondly this is a little more specific what do you want to do with that career and with that ship and so it requires that you know a little bit about uh, the capabilities of your specific ship and uh, the capabilities of your captain so for example i really love to fly science and within a pvp setting the subnucleonic beam is one of the most important and powerful tools. And so I want to be able to build my ship and my character in such a way that I can maximize that subnuke and use it at the opportune moment. And if you don't know, that the subnuke basically strips the target of all of his or her buffs. So you can imagine that could be quite a powerful little thing. So you just want to be aware of what your career has available to it and what kinds of abilities your ship has. And once you've been able to answer those questions, then you're in a much better place to begin respecting your character.
2: For those people that have not yet purchased a respec token and have just been investing into their skill points as they have leveled up, what sort of traps do you find that players have fallen into during the course of their level? The skill tree itself, and that's just a way of talking about
0: the different abilities that a person can put points into, it can be extremely complicated, and I remember my first skill tree was an absolute disaster, and stoacademy.com has a skill planner, and it will show you the various skills that a captain can have. There are five tiers, Lieutenant, Lieutenant, Commander, Commander, Captain, and Admiral, and each of those skills in ascending order becomes more expensive. And so one of the biggest traps that people fall into is that they simply don't understand what the skills do. Because this game is very complex and the skills are interrelated. Your own skills as a captain will affect the bridge officer skills. And so there are a whole slew of things to think about. But I think that the most of the mistakes come in when people don't understand what a specific skill does. So let me give you an example. I had a conversation with a newer player who was kind of working with his build. And he noticed that he was missing the target a lot and wanted to overcome that problem. And so he had the idea, well, I need to put spec points into Starship sensors. Now, those of you who are familiar with the skill tree think, well, why in the world did you even want to do that? But... From the perspective of new eyes looking at the skill tree, Starship sensors seems like the exact thing. Like, if you want to have more accurate weapons, you should have better sensors. But in fact, Starship sensors has nothing to do with that <laughs> at all. It has to do with things like confuse and placate effects like scramble sensors or jam sensors, and isn't going to affect your weapon accuracy at all. Uh, that's going to be affected by things like Starship targeting systems. So another example would be Starship auxiliary performance. Which, if you're looking at the skill tree, is the Admiral Column. So that means that the points are very expensive, 3,000 per point. On space, you get a max of 300,000. But Ox, I think, is probably one of the most misunderstood and one of the most powerful things to spec into, depending on what your role is. You know, it's going to affect many of your heals, like transfer shield strength or hazard emitters. For people who are running like a full healing build, and we have one of those in the show notes, this build was actually created by Pascal and you'll notice that in this build there are nine points in auxiliary performance and he does that because he knows that many many of the science skills and especially the skills that give you healing are going to be improved by putting points into auxiliary power.
2: You know what I found too is that in my experience what I've done is to look at the powers that I want my bridge officers to have and generally what I'll then use is I almost reverse engineer would you recommend that that's a an ideal way of respecting where you f- first select what powers you are more attracted to and then respect from there
0: what i do whenever i respect i always ask somebody who i know is a lot better than i am i never respect alone anymore <laughs> anymore i mean i used to all the time but never anymore will i respect alone and that's just because like i said the skill tree is incredibly complex and the game is very complex so that there are things that I think that I see, but that I don't see, or there are things that my partner who's helping me will be able to say, well, you don't, maybe you don't want to do that because of this, this, this. And so there are so many people who I like to tap and just say, hey, will you just tell me what you think about this build? And I found that that is the best way. There are a couple places where you can find really great people to help you out. Oftentimes you can find people who are helpful on OPVP, which is a chat channel. Any of the bootcamp coaches, would be willing to look at your build and provide you comments with them and uh, or even post them on the PvP forum. People do that all the time. They post things on the forum and some of the regular posters, many of whom are very good
2: players, will give you comments on well, That's very good. That's good to know that there's a community that you can lean on to help develop your actual skills. So generally, though, what kind of foundation is there in building your skill points? Are there certain skills that you should always kind of invest a few points into here and there, no matter what ship you are, no matter what career you are? Here's a short list of things
0: that I think people should always have some points in. Hull repair, shield emitters, structural integrity, warp core efficiency, shield systems, power insulators, starship maneuvers, starship electroplasma systems, warp core potential, impulse thrusters, and shield performance. Those are kind of some core skills that you should probably have some points in. Okay. Alright, cool, cool.
2: Uh, I want to get to some of the available tools for players that are looking into respeccing. What's out there right now?
0: There are so many resources. Snoog, Oops, I never know how to pronounce it, but S-N-O-O-G-0-0-F, a frequent poster in PvP forms and a good PvP player as well. He's put together a compilation of PvP resources just as an example. He cites uh, Husonic's escort thread, and Husonic is just a fantastic escort. I know him mostly on the KDF side. The Hilbert Guide might be cited on here as well. There's a link here from Maikai. Uh, Maikai is a great science player. Yeah, so there are just a number of, of links and resources there that you can look at and just sort of go through, and there are some builds posted there as well. I want to lift up GMO's healing primer and jammo is a great healer and and is actually a, a person who has kind of helped inspire me to really enjoy the healing but jammo has put together a really nice primer on healing really well written and it will answer questions on career class even on like what kind of species should i choose if i want to be a good healer it's a really really well put together guide.
2: on the And then, of course, there is the Stowe Academy skill builder that you can actually yes. use to plan out your skills, share them with friends, you can save your builds to edit later. It's a very intricate and very well-designed web interface here that you can actually yes. load up all the stuff that you want to find out about when respecing or looking over your captain builds. So we encourage you to check those out. Links, of course, will be in the show notes. But hopefully we've armed you with enough information to accurately respec your captain and get you at the performance that you desire. Can you think of anything else, Sargon, before we uh, wrap it
0: up? No, I would just say that I'll give a quick plug to boot camp here because uh, the second part of our curriculum is focused entirely on builds. We have our class this coming Saturday, and all of the students will be grouped by career and they will be put with somebody who knows that career very well, and they will work exclusively on respecking and builds.
2: Awesome. Well, be sure to register and visit the PvP Bootcamp website. Links, of course, will be in the show notes. Well, that wraps up Field Notes for this episode. Let's go ahead and open up Hailing Frequencies and see what's incoming. Message
0: coming in, sir.
3: Hailing Frequencies. Open. See? We are
0: getting to know each other.
2: So our first piece of feedback comes from Azurian Star via the Star Trek Online forums. Thanks for the response. Guess when it comes to Hilbert DPS parser, caveat emptor. Buyer beware. <laughs> I had to look that up. No, I'm Good to help others get their A game, but at the same time, make the game too easy. After all, we see video of some players soloing elite STFs, which means that new content will have to have their bar raised. So it's not too easy. And I have to agree. As for the Starbase system, it does need some personal touches and ways to help smaller fleets. That example in the episode was really how it is. Sometimes you just can't have it all. Hmm. Thank you, Azurian Star. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, we got some in from PriorityOnePodcast.com. First one is from Yuchen. Speaking of fleet version ships, I'd like to see fleet versions of small vessels. Also, Gamma Quadrant would make a great subject for level cap increase expansion. Maybe the Fallout from Dominion War? Finally, weaken Dominion's hold. And is now destabilizing the whole quadrant. Hmm. Like. Sean Newboy says, Great show, everyone. I agree with everything Chen says. <laughs> nice to meet you, Varzak. <laughs> <laughs> and preppy kapla for the win. Yes.
0: Sean Newboy is so cool every week. He this is indeed. Guy is, this guy is consistent.
1: I know. I want to be him when I grow up. Seriously. He, he is Sean cool.
0: Newboy. I like Sean Newboy. <laughs> Yeah, the next two pieces of feedback come from Facebook. Chris, hi guys, loved episode 110, especially the last segment on combat logs, but I was wondering if there was any written text or better yet a YouTube video covering what you explained in the show. Thanks.
2: As a matter of fact, we do. You can visit youtube.com forward slash STL Priority 1 kinetic Impulser tony our video director put together an awesome complimentary video that goes along with the uh, tutorial that we gave in episode 110's field notes so uh, be sure to check that out share it give it a like pass it to your friends
0: the next piece of feedback on facebook comes from brett best blooper reel ever died ever. laughing well almost
1: oh good 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 it was pretty funny and <laughs> glad i'm glad you didn't die
0: yeah, that is positive.
1: All right. Well, our last one is just focusing on everybody who tweeted, retweeted, joined us on the Twitter party. Thank you so much. We love you guys. And continue to join us on Twitter and Facebook every week. We love hearing from you. And new cool stuff pops up all the time. So keep your eyes on it. Put your eyeballs on it. Thank you, everyone, for your feedback. We love to hear from you. Send your feedback to incoming at priority one com.
2: Well, that wraps up episode 112 (laughs) of Priority One, broadcast live from trekradio.net. Remember that we're on air every Thursday night at 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 Pacific, and we get some phenomenal feedback from all of you that join us in the Trek Radio live chat, so please join us. We very much appreciate it.
1: We're looking for your suggestions and ideas for Trek It Out, field notes, and general show improvements and additions. You can submit your ideas and questions with our online forum on the Priority One website, or via email to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. And we also check our Facebook and Twitter, so feel free to post there as well. We'd like to hear from you. Mm, we
2: do. Just in case you didn't know, you're the guest. Oh! Right. I'm sorry. I was used to seeing Sargon next to the thing.
0: Okay, so head over to PriorityOnePodcast.com and check out the latest comic by Alex Calderwood from the new Ark 2.
2: Ooh, and it looks good. Alex has uh, bumped up his game. So if you guys haven't checked mm. it out, if you haven't tracked it out, head on over to PriorityOnePodcast.com. Or you can check it out on Facebook. That's right, we are on Facebook. So head on over to Facebook.com forward slash podcast and say hi. Or you can check us out on Twitter... Via at STO Priority One for showtimes and other cool stuff.
1: And you can head on over to PriorityOnePodcast.com and click the donate button if you really like us uh, because we like you. If you're an Amazon shopper, you can take a look at our Amazon affiliate store on the sidebar of the website and support the show while you shop. So there's a couple different ways you can do it. If you would like to, you know, contribute in those fashions, we would be much obliged Thank you to everybody who's donated via the button or by shopping through our Amazon affiliate store. We totally appreciate your support in any form. If you're in our chat with us, if you're shooting us commentary and all the goodies or just saying hi to us in game, we couldn't do this without your support. So thank you so much.
2: We would like to thank the entire team over at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Our executive producer, Elliot Tan. Our production assistant and art director, Alex Coldaway. Our audio engineer, Lennon Rich and the composer of our awesome theme music, the awesome Chris Watts. Special thanks to our sponsor, Sayulita.com, our syndication partners, Subspace Radio, Trek Radio, and the Trek Radio crew, and of course, the Stowe community. Without you, none of this would be possible. Red alert. Shields up. Ready weapons. Engage. I just want to say man it get having the opportunity of interviewing Jason David Frank was awesome. Okay.
1: Did you feel the uh, awesome morphing power while you were talking with him? Yo.
2: Man, <laughs> it was like I I was I, my inner child wanted to burst out and be like, "Say it's morphing time. Say it's morphing no
1: Oh my gosh. Made my monsters grow.
2: As for the star system, it does not it does need some per- as a matter of know. fact, there is. there is. That's right. You can head on over to uh, youtube.com forward slash stow priority one and uh, check out our YouTube channel. We do have a, a um, complimentary video that compliments the all the compliments the compliment. that we've been getting for the complimenting. <laughs> all right. <Yeah. laughs> Sh- Jazz <lady>. hands. Okay. <laughs>
1: Thank you, everybody, all for right your th- feedback. <laughs> Oh, okay. It's going to be like that. No, go, like... go, go. That's fine. That's fine. Oh, no, go, 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 Okay, Okay. I like, actually, like I, a... I like the way you she... delivered
2: it because you kind of had, you had a, a nice little laugh there. I like the way you delivered it. Keep it.
1: I did. Let me try to do it again. Thank you, everyone, for your no, feedback. It. <laughs>
2: it was natural. Now you're faking it. You're like, ha, 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 thank you, everybody, for feedback. Ha, yeah. ha, ha, like All it? right. Well, that wraps it up for this episode. Uh, I got to first get the closing music because um, we all know we got to hear mm-hmm. that song hmm mm-hmm. Where the heart... God, darn road. it! What the hell's the name of the song? I forgot road, it again. Here, here. Where my heart? Where my heart? <laughs> there it is.
1: Oh, yeah. Gotta I'll do be. that thing
2: you do, baby. I'm totally karaokeing that at Vegas. I just want you to know. I'm
1: freestyling. Totally karaoke freestyling, because I don't remember all the lyrics. Yep. And then
2: We're I actually just going we'll to continue rolling. We'll continue rolling. Don't stop. Don't space. stop the recording. Oh, God. <laughs>
3: And then you gotta say hello to Elijah as you pass him by. From the lookout.
0: Is—is is this where the show ends? <laughs> no, it doesn't. Being We've a got long closing. All
2: right, all right, all right, all right. Okay, closing. Okay. Well, uh, keep rolling. By the way, you didn't stop, right? And nobody. Wait, stopped? no, but that was a real nope.
1: laugh. You, you should have gone with that. That was a real laugh, Elijah.
2: Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, that wraps up episode. <laughs>
0: Let's check out what happened in Stowe News.
3: Yes, let's. <laughs> <laughs> Additional, the vessel is equipped with the Dominion Command Interface console, which can analyze a target's
1: weaknesses. i will only do that one. <laughs>
2: Additionally, <laughs> the
1: vessel is... <laughs> Damn, this auto... Okay.
2: While KDF players will gain access to a Mirror Universe Vokuv carrier, which has some kind of an edge that I didn't bother reading about.
1: Hmm, um... well done. Now <laughs> uh, there's another, uh, sorry. <laughs> Do you want me to go to the next part? Or...
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. And there there are another, uh, I not it out of my tongue. Stop. stuff, tongue. Okay.
2: Now, just generally, though, um, because there is so much behind developing the skills for your captain, what's a good foundation that, that most ships uh, should really be built upon? Most captains should really have focus or some points into the certain, uh, certain skills. Let me rephrase that question, because I don't know. I, th- I think I spoke English. I'm not sure what I spoke. <laughs> it sounded like English. It might have been Spanish. It might have been Klingon. <laughs> Who knows? All right.